Welcome, Rugby League fan. Perhaps the Rugby League Indifferent, or maybe just the extremely niche podcast listener to Dead in Goal. Uh, my name is Jeff Santanera, and joining me is my co-host, James Smith. James, how are we? How are you, mate? Good. Really good. Um, we will also cater especially for the Rugby League nerd out there. Oh yeah, so so even even the level beyond the fan, oh, the like nerd. fan isn't isn't enough to to describe kind of the, the type of person who would you know, choose to listen to this <laughs> this podcast. I don't think so. <laughs> no, but, I don't think. Yeah, you know, I, I I thought that it all be all, all uh, over there listening to to, to Fergo. So you know, yeah, definitely. Well, that, that's <laughs> who, yeah. who are we picking up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you listen to us, you um you must have. You, you must um, really wish that rugby league was written in textbooks. I reckon um, <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to be an absolute dorky nerd, and we're all That's, proud of it, yeah. aren't we? So, yeah. like, you know, th- that should be the new tagline to the show: "Dead in goal, rugby league in textbook form." <laughs> <laughs> I'd still fail. Yeah. <laughs> to our devoted audience, you know, this is kind of a kind of a. Kind of a, a teaser of uh, what you're going to be treated to uh, this this week, mm. but um, anyhow, uh, just want to start the, the show uh, with um, uh, firstly our uh, our usual shout out to Sydney Podcast Studios and Rod Mori for his uh, ongoing help, but uh, also to to our, our very helpful listeners who um, you know who actually kind of. Reminded us a few things. What well, we usually end the show with, what we've forgotten. But I, I've chosen this week, James, to start uh, mm. the sh- to start the show with what we've uh, with what we've forgotten. Because uh, yeah, we were we, we were plainly not in. Uh, it, it might be the mid season for the players, but we are not in mid season form. We are very much trying to get back up to it, aren't we? We are dead you know, set. Like, uh, we are dead set in a <laughs> trial match out at Albury after six months away. <laughs> we're we're, we're not we're not even <laughs> touching the footy yet. <laughs> Okay, there, there we go. There's, you know, you, you gave us the title for uh, for last week's episode, and yeah, you've done it again, James. Fantastic! It's almost like you were uh, you were almost like an editor who had to, you know, put uh, headlines on stories, you know, for for well, however long that was 10, 10 plus years. Well, be or, or even continuing to do that, it's almost like yeah. that. Almost. Professional smart. But anyhow, yeah. yes, uh, there were yeah, there are a few things that uh, just kind of slipped our mind. The most notable of which being that I'd, I'd forgotten the. Uh, the name that we'd bestowed upon that other code that's uh, as, that's played in the southern states, and I accidentally mm. used the A word to describe it. Uh, yeah, three three letter A word. You can come up with your own. But um, the always helpful, the ever helpful Karate Warrior reminded me of the term that I you coined, James. This is your term. Yeah, the BKG. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> do you want to explain that to uh, to the to the people? I just um, I, I heard a saying once. Every time something happens, um, a butterfly dies. I heard, I heard it in a movie once, and uh, it, it stuck in me. I thought, you sure it wasn't that- about the butterfly effect? A butterfly flaps its wings, and then there's a there's a hurricane somewhere. No, it wasn't that intellectual. I'm wasn't sure. That. No, no. But I thought, wow, that's got to be the most cruelest thing of you can ever think of: a butterfly dying, and um, something as evil as that game that you that you're talking about. <laughs> It just went hand in hand. If that word was mentioned, a butterfly dies. Sorry, if that term was mentioned, yeah. And so, just- yes, to be didn't. BKG uh, comes out to uh, butterfly killing game. 
And that's that that that's a term of art to, to that we will refer to going forward. Yeah. But um, it's, it's that there game was that, that it's that game that they play everywhere else yes. except New South Wales and Queensland. Yes. Ooh. So yeah, there, there was um, there was that there was also the name of uh, um, the the Tonga player. Yeah. That, uh, that that we that we couldn't dig out from the recesses of our mind, you know, stuff full of uh, kind of other trivia that you know uh, that's crammed it out. But that that was Havili. What was, what was now, now I've forgotten his first name. So you know, it's getting even, it's getting even worse. <laughs> I, I was going to but, say uh, I couldn't remember him in the first place. <laughs> I couldn't remember him since looking at his name on Twitter about a week ago. I just can't. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> my called, brain doesn't getting old. It's getting it's getting old, James. <laughs> That's it. That's it. No, it's just my brain just doesn't like um, certain names and, and, and yeah. Oh gosh, he's a good player. Is he still at Canberra? Yes. Yeah. There you I go. believe he. I believe he is. I think he's actually quite involved in the community down here. I went oh to my a, God. to a, to a social function that was that had a charity. Well, they, a lot of them have charitable di- dimensions, and the two players, if I recall. Uh, two Raiders players who were involved kind of as, a, I don't know if an ambassadors for the charity or had just been involved, yeah. uh, were, were, uh, Josh Papali, of course, and, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, is it Salif? I can never get his name right. Salif, uh, Salif Avili. So it's, yeah. um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he's, um, He's carved out uh, kind of a uh, kind of a real space for himself down here. Mate, the uh, the, get, the get fir- cut at the end of the season, or it's probably been right. cut already. And we're just- <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just I was just going to say we've just had our first idea for our first interview back. It's got to be him. Yeah. yeah, there's a thought. Just we'll just tell him to not listen to the previous eighty three yeah. episodes. That's all. Yeah. The the one thing other thing I forgot and had, had to mention I, I kept on fumbling over a over a team that. Kind of went into an immediate dip uh, after uh, winning the grand final. It wasn't as it would happen. It wasn't an immediate dip because they did pretty well the year after. But the team I was looking for was Souths oh, yeah. after they won in yeah twenty fourteen. They, right? yeah. they backed up pretty well in twenty fifteen, uh, but then had two kind of pretty ordinary seasons, which effectively cost uh, uh, Michael Maguire his job. Which is a subject we'll re- we'll return to uh, kind of later in the pod. Yeah, when we start talking about uh, Wild Wests, as we as we promised, kind of last week. But um, uh, I got a new segment that I want to try out on you, James. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I'm pretty excited about this one. But uh, I wanted to um, I wanted to kind of dredge up just some of the ways we we used to talk about uh, league for for the magazine uh, and kind of. Kind of construct a hypothetical of what we'd be looking at as a as a, re- a league related cover subject for this month, and mm. just so happens, fortunately, that uh, we were still in a period of the year that we would be doing rugby league related cover subjects, and very much to do with uh, with finals. We'd be working on a like a September issue uh, yeah. right now, uh, wouldn't we? So yeah, I wanted to kind of throw out um, kind of w- what would kind of take the shape of a, like a, of a hyp- hypothetical editorial meeting with, you know, the, 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 the ranks of, uh, of kind of editors and, uh, kind of, uh, assistants and researchers that, that helped us 
to make these decisions when not, not really in truth it was just you and I like you that's know, right shouting I was thinking, the partition at each other <laughs> I was thinking, what you and I do, like, do do we do this do do we do that like you know okay, that sound good occasionally yeah, right? we're gonna get oh, are we gonna get the interview him no like, <laughs> that's right and occasionally we'd call the um the ad reps down so that we could not listen to them they'd mm. they'd, they'd come out with a, a story idea about an English English soccer player and it's like no nah, uh, you, you're not getting yeah. A bit of backstory for you out there. Uh, all our ad reps were, were English people who had never heard of like most of the Australian, the most of the uh, Australian footballers, not BKGers, but you know people who played football in Australia. They'd never heard of them, so I would suggest them. Oh, this guy would be a good cover subject, and to be like, who's he? Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Thurston. Who's he? <laughs> Greg Inglis. Who's he? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Israel Falau, I've heard of him. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. Mm. Um anyway, so so um what what sort of what sort of yarns would we have had uh in our October edition? That that would have we always went for a grand final subject, didn't October we? October or September? It, it, would it be October now or would it be September? Uh, yeah, it'd be September, you're right. It'd be September. Yeah, it'd be yeah. it'd be the, the young guns. Which yeah. young gun is going to fire for your team if, if your team's going to make it and that kind of yeah, thing? September was always a bit vexing because um, yeah. because we were so far in advance of the finals, we'd have to do something. Remember, that was kind of a bit of an umbrella subject that could cover <sighs> everyone who could potentially make the finals without being too specific about who it was. Because if we pick somebody and they got eliminated, we were, uh, we were in trouble oh, or we were thought to be in trouble. Yeah. But seeing as how we don't actually have to put anything on paper – but uh, in, or just kind of dream up a subject. My thought was, yeah, for uh, for a, a potential kind of NRL finals campaign related feature right now. Yeah. The thing to my mind that would interest me more than anything else is uh, is Tom Trebojevic. Just the way he's playing right now, and uh, you know, if you know, if kind of seated behind the editor's desk at Inside Sport today, having to come up with something, my dream would be to you know to feature him, uh, kind of asking the underlying question, yeah, how much can one player kind of do to swing a final series? Can can the NRL Premiership literally be be you know won by by one one man? Uh, I don't, you know, it, it's very, I, I think it's almost impossibly difficult for, yeah, for, for NRL, for, for NRL matches, just one NRL match, let alone, you know, a series of them to be won just by, you know, of one, uh, one player's kind of individual brilliance. But, um, yeah, we never let that stop us at the magazine. Like <laughs> we love, we love posing kind of like, you know, kind of you know, hypothetical constructs like that. And yeah, like right now, just looking at uh, the, the way he's playing, the, the leap he's taken and the way he's just driving a, a good manly team. We'll call him a, a great one. Uh, and, oh, and the other thing to fold into that is also the idea of the, the way the game is, is played now. Uh, this this new fast open game, which is not what we you know, uh, have historically thought of or conceptually thought of as finals footy, you know, how he kind of plays right into that and how it suits him, you know, in in ways that uh, are just you know, are, are ideal. Yeah. You know, what are you, what's kind of yeah? What's kind of your thinking on 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 that kind of subject? I, I think if you're thinking of the, the modern game that you're talking about. 
he's the perfect player for it. He's mm. and he and and the chemistry that he's that he had with the, with the Blues and with man, and with his manly teammates, he's been getting put in really good positions. But he's also smashing through so many tackles as well. He's so yeah. strong and he hits the line at such speed. Um, you're so right. Like he, he's he, he's the obvious choice. I I hmm. I don't like gushing over players too often. No, you don't. You, you can't. You can't you, deny You like him. gushing over. You like gushing over players that nobody's ever heard. Of. <laughs> yeah, and who played twenty years ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But did he? He fifteenth man on the side. Oh, he's a really good footballer, and like, you know. That's I, my thing. I'm leading leading me to criticize you about that. I, okay. And right. then they turn out to be brilliant they turn out to be brilliant players three years later. I'm still sore at you about the whole Damien Cook incident, which you know I should probably go on to explain. But I could see him coming from a mile away and then all of a sudden he's his former beach sprinter. Wow, look at him. It's like he's been carving it up for, for years. <laughs> you know what um what, on the beach? <laughs> he, he did, yes. Yeah. He um Travoyevich. You know what he looks like? He looks like somebody, you know those blokes who like, uh, I'm not saying he's this type of bloke, but he yep. when he hits the field, he's so like beefed up and, and, and ready to go. He looks like he's been in the gym for about half an hour before he hits the field. He just looks <laughs> so full of energy and and he, he looks... Um, he, he looks like he's been playing the game half an hour before everybody else takes the mm-hmm. field. I, I Is love, that a good or a bad thing? <laughs> uh, it, it, it's good for him. Like it, he's, he's so oh, he, him and Luttrell in Origin. I haven't been that excited about um, two players in, in 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 the in you know first grade for for so long. They're so good to watch. I love watching Manly. I love. I've, you know, got a soft spot for them, not because I've lived anywhere near them or who plays for them, but uh, they're just a good, solid footy team. I think I've mentioned it five or six times on this show before, but, yeah, they're, they're a good footy team. I, I love it. God, a sympathetic word to Manly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? They're, they're, not, they're not Manly. They're not so, hateab- not so hateable anymore? No, no, no. They're, um, they're halfback. It's a bit debatable. He's in that. He's in that territory, whether you love him or you hate him. <laughs> but, um, They're not winning enough anymore to like to be that heavy, <clears> isn't it? That's right. That's right. And and, and the thing is, too, um, if you have a look at the ladder, I've got my phone out looking at the ladder. You've got Storm and, and Panthers um, up, way up in front, but and Manly's on 26, which isn't really – I mean, that's five wins away from the top, but um, with seemingly – the final series about to be played all in Queensland. That sort of stuff isn't really going to matter as much anymore. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it will matter as far as the opponent that you face, but everybody's probably going to be playing on the same ground. So what you really have to do is make the finals, and and you've it, it's more it's a more of a level playing field than what it normally is. And I think a team like Manly t- teams don't normally hit form like they are. At this time, and and have it drop off. This is when, this is when you really find out, you know, what sort of team you're going to end up with, and um, and yeah, the, the match against um the storm coming up is. So I think it's going to be one of the brutal contests of the year for sure. Mm. Yeah, just you know, kind of as a as a posit. Do you think an individual player can can drive a side to the premiership? 
Yeah, they can. Because just basically we're off their off their own. Yeah, just just off obviously he you know, he'll have some help. Like, you know, the yeah, team yeah. he can't make he can't make all the tackles, you know. Uh, you know and uh you know, they're can't do all the work. Uh but yeah, it, it got me to thinking like this. Uh, I couldn't help but notice that this season uh, of Tommy Turbos has been kind of uh, compared to a couple of the really kind of great individual seasons of recent memory, such as uh, such as Jared Hayne in uh, in two thousand nine, uh, Ben Barber in uh, twenty twelve. Yep. Uh, uh, interesting, kind of uh, that in both of those cases, those. Uh, the, the the respective sides of those two players, they did make the the grand final. They both uh, they both lost, but um, yeah, it uh, it kind of yeah wraps around to the question again. Particularly in this new fast moving dynamic game, I do wonder whether yeah, you know, kind of uh, if you have a guy who's who's really on fire like that, and you know there there'll always be a degree of as well as they're playing, they're going to pull guys along with them. Yep. Like they'll, uh, you know, they'll, they'll open it up for, for, for other players to perform well, which, you know, plainly is, uh, is a prerequisite for, for any side to, to win, uh, win the title. But, yeah, um, and it doesn't, and it yeah. doesn't really matter who it is often. It can be anyone. Just one little moment will spark, you know, a certain type of momentum. And yeah, that, that's a wonderful thing about this, um, the end of season games, isn't it? That, that momentum. Mm. I certainly thought during the because uh, I hadn't watched too much uh, footy un- you know, until the Origin series this year, so I'd, I'd heard the rumblings that uh, mm. that you know that uh, Turbojevic was you know, was having a brilliant season. But then when he actually played, you know, the, the, you know, the first those first uh, first two Origins, particularly the first one, I was stunned. I was like, this this guy's unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, what are they what are they going to do? Like it, uh, yeah. So you know, and that that is. With the cream of of you know, of rugby league talent on the field, so it, it really has kind of stayed in my mind right up until this moment. That uh, you know, that, you know, we 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 have all these ex- expectations about who's going to win what at the at the end of the season. But uh, I think one kind of really uh, kind of interesting subplot in my mind, and it's why I kind of kind of throw it up there to the idea of the larger finals campaign. You know, I, I really do think he might kind of you know win a final or two by himself. Yeah, or his his yeah his his own effort is just going to be is going to be so uh dis- he's going to be so amazing just has to be decisive. Yeah, and I mean, you, you know, of course he's not going to win it by himself, but I like the um, line of thinking that you've got mm. that a player like him can really really lead a, a team. He's so mm. easy to get behind. He's young. He's he's just got so much energy and passion for the game. So and and imagine he's really. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, yeah. Imagine like w- when he's not there, like they're almost a different team, and that's not because of the, of the players themselves. It's because this lightning rod just suddenly isn't there, and they have to find someone like DCE to get behind someone like that. Yeah. And he's he's really good at maths. Is he really? Apparently. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. How do you know that? Just apparently, yeah. You know, kind of on the in his in his profile on. Uh, yeah, on on the internet. Yeah, he uh, yeah, he finished. They they have actually posted kind of his results. I thought you were gonna, I see. thought you were just going to say finished high school and everything. No, no, no. This is you know. No, no. That'd I, be I must ridiculous. admit, and and this this explains you know kind of some of the 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 inbuilt bias that James and I have about uh, about the about the league as much as we, we you know as, as 
kind of predisposes we are to it. Uh, we, we were forever trying to push examples of how intelligent rugby league players were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our greatest. Uh, and so, and so a, here we go. Here, you know. Our greatest moment of the year was when the academic team of the year was announced. And dead oh, set. Yes. Dead set. Yes. There's some like such deep and meaningful degree studying going on, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Like footballers really get into their university study. It's terrific. Uh, I'm not sure whether they still do it. I'm sure. I'm not sure that's a thing that COVID can interfere with, but I used to love looking at at that team. And, you know, you think these footballers are getting drunk and, you know, doing stuff they, they, they shouldn't be doing in their spare time, but no, they, they go home and they study psychology and, and law and that kind of thing. It's really, it's, it's great. I love it. That's just it. We've got to build up something to the, the academic team of the year again. Yeah, yeah. I can actually recall like some of the weird degrees that were, that were being studied. <laughs> that, was, that was always very enjoyable. <laughs> and then, you know, and because, you know, we, you know, we, we appreciate diversity. You always love those guys who are, uh, who are also completing trade certifications. Like people like that don't get enough, like, get enough acclaim, you know, like you have to study hard to, you to, Master that stuff too. Oh, I agree. So was, yeah, that was. That was I, I, I always liked that. Uh, yeah, and very true to a rugby league background. Like I, I was, always, I always appreciated that when the when the NRL did that that uh, that academic team. That that was one of the the elements uh, that they included. That yeah, was, uh, that was always that was always very good of them. It was always for me as well. It was a reminder that the players really aren't paid all that much. Like. Like you really have some to, of the younger guys, particularly. Oh, yeah. Dead set, you might. I mean, what's the average? The average career goes for forty games or something. Yeah. yeah so, um, you really have to start thinking about your post career. You know, when you start playing, probably it's and, and that's what these young blokes do. So that's no, really, really really motivating. Yeah. And I haven't kept up with uh, what the minimum wage is kind of up till now, but I can remember back in the days when we were covering it wasn't much more than sixty five thousand for yeah for the guys who were on the the lowest end of the yeah. salary cap, which is um, of course good money for uh, for a young bloke, but um, yeah, plainly not something that you can retire on no. or you know or kind of uh, equivalent with the, the the lifestyle of you know the the yeah the ultra rich footballers so oh, yeah i mean they, they yeah they had to had to have something they surely had to have something behind them yeah definitely yeah and it's good that their um parents and family were encouraging them yeah i wonder if that team still is named someone will be able to tell us for, for sure yeah yeah it's not like you don't know somebody with a very you know, sterling academic background who's also involved in the league <laughs> i wish i did wish i did mm. <laughs> so uh, our fantasy cover, uh, fantasy September cover of Inside Sport, uh, Tom Turboyevich, uh, can turn that, uh, story over to, uh, Northern Beaches native himself, Matt Cleary. Um, yeah, would be keen to, to chase that one down. We actually once tried to pursue the, the, the brothers, yeah, Turboyevich for a season preview and, uh, they said mm. no because, uh, the Seagulls are notoriously diffi- were a notoriously difficult club to deal with, and, and, <laughs> all, and all throughout our time on the Mac. And 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 um, we once uh, the, one of their sponsors, one of their new sponsors, came on board the club, mm-hmm. and they were already advertising in our magazine. So it was the it was the sponsor's idea for us to contact them and mm-hmm. do a story, and we're like, we're in here. They, there's no way Manly is going to reject a new sponsor. No way. And they did. 
they approached us for that Travoyevich brothers story again. That's the the one that didn't happen. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, better. Maybe we would have had better luck the the next time around. That's, that's anyhow, right. anyhow, uh, as we uh, spoke about uh, last week, James, um, we were fascinated by uh, Wild Wests, this uh, new fly on the wall documentary about yeah. uh, about the tigers. Can I just interrupt? Yeah, sure. West Tigers fans should keep listening because we're not going to bash your club. Like, no, no. There's, there's some serious, some serious like bashing of the Tigers yeah. going on. They're not playing very well at all. But absolutely, we're, we're not about to do that. Like, no. You know, must be miserable being a Tigers fan. So, I, yeah. I, I must admit, every time I end up watching one of these these types of documentaries, like because yeah. you know, there's this. Uh, Particularly if, uh, if those of you who, and I'm sure, I mean, there's at least a handful of you, uh, of you, judging by kind of your your Twitter mentions uh, who listen to us, who are also uh, fans of the NFL, um, like uh, the equivalent kind of uh, shows like Hard Knocks, uh, All or Nothing. Uh, if you're uh, if you're an Amazon Prime uh, kind of subscriber, uh, they've done a number of things, uh, including uh, NFL sides. Uh, one college site, I think the University of Michigan's uh, football team, and and uh, a, a couple of uh, sorry Tottenham Hotspur and the All Blacks. So a oh, similar yeah. a similar kind of deal. So um, yeah, and I think yeah, kind of uh, Wild West's kind of compares favorably to any of those, like in terms of yeah, kind of what you uh, what kind of insight you get yeah you know, uh, to into the kind of the inner workings. Of uh, of the footy club, but um, mm. your when I was asked when I asked you about it, James, your uh, my initial reaction was was very much uh, similar similar as uh, similar to yours. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, just you know, kind of the difficulty, what a grind it is, the the, the process of 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 mad of man management that that, that a coach has to perform uh, at every footy club. Yeah, um, like. The way that I think a footy player is right is you get up, you go to training, um, you have lunch break, and then you do another part of training in the afternoon, and then you go home and you, you're sore and you're tired, um, and then you have a sleep and do it all again, and then there's a game at the end of it. But it just seems it seems to be a, a footy career and playing on the weekend seems to be something that's extraordinarily difficult to motivate people to do. Like, wouldn't you think, um, like, each and every player would just be jumping out of their skin to, to play in the NRL every, every week? And clearly in that series, I'm not saying he's a bad coach because I think he's one of the best coaches, but he, you could see the struggle on his face mm. as he tries to figure out, how, how do I get through to you blokes that, you're a really good team. You're, you're really good players and you're a good team. And he's so frustrated that the self-belief, like in that Canberra game, just evaporates when they go out onto the field. Like, was that your impression? Like, Well, absolutely. I think to, you know, to, your, to your first point, you know, that, that having that kind of inner motivation, that is an actually uh, – that is actually a talent – like yeah. I think, what's really made me appreciate one of the things that I've come to appreciate is when you you look at 
when you or you listen to talent evaluators in any sport, uh, one of the things obviously they love to talk about, you know, a player's athleticism, you know, kind of their pedigree, you know, so on and so forth in terms of their attributes. But one that I think often goes underrated by the lot of us uh, who follow any any kind of particular sport is, yeah, you know, how how motivated are they that that is a talent and that that because yeah, and that's a talent as uh, you know that's equivalent it's just as equivalent to how fast they are or how strong they are you know the the it, because one of the things when you reach the top of of any kind of any kind of sporting code you know there must be a, a tremendous kind of kind of incentive to kind of relax like you know you've made it to the top and the ones who turn out to be the real champions are the people who are just kind of forever driven by that, you know, to, to that just to have that in, in a, you know, inextinguishable motivation to just keep on getting better, no matter how many achievements they continue to pile up. So, you know, and, and that's kind of the impression that, that, you know, that I get from, you know, these, yeah, from, from, you know, kind of the, these, these types of insights, these, these kind of docos that kind of give you, you know, kind of an, an, a view into the the inner workings of a side, and as to it, it's a very classic story, I think, for a guy like uh, Michael Maguire, who you know I, I think is an extremely motiv- motivated individual. And then the question then becomes, yeah, how can I impart that motivation to you? Like, why aren't you? It's it, you know, I think he struggles with the same question that you did. Why aren't mm. you as motivated? <laughs> to be great at this, you know, as I want to be for you, you know, and um, <laughs> it, to me, the, the, the thing that's really fascinated me about the show, apart from, as I said last week, the fact that I'm watching it in conjunction with Ted Lasso, which makes me laugh because, you know, here <laughs> I am listening to, to Madge, you know, drop F-bombs while, you know, Lasso is like kind of, you know, using these kind of, uh, these Midwestern American witticisms on these uh, very cynical kind of English footballers. But, <laughs> um, it, I've, I've always kind of been interested in Madge um, ever since mm. uh, I, I kind of, um, you know, the book that he wrote about the, the 2014 premiership at, at Souths, uh, you know, I kind of read more of that than I expected to. I was actually quite pleasantly surprised. I mean, those types of books often, <laughs> you know, don't hold your attention for very long. But I thought his was, uh, I thought his was, was, was quite, was quite good. It was quite revealing. Admittedly, that was, you know, that wasn't just kind of an epic uh, season and an epic campaign. But um, yeah, I've, I've always thought, you know, kind of a, certainly a more thoughtful guy than maybe he projects or the typical rugby league co- coach projects. And so I've always taken a bit of an interest in him. And it, it's, it's been very curious to see kind of how his career has unfolded since, you know, what I thought w- would be one of the, the greatest kind of, uh, kind of accomplishments that, you know, uh, um, you know, kind of a contemporary kind of NRL or rugby league coach could you know, kind of basically put on his mantelpiece, which was that you know winning that breakthrough premiership with South. It's it's curious to see kind of where it's all gone, and um, you know the the word about him has always been that you know he kind of wears guys out. That's not an uncommon thing among uh, kind of uh, a coach, you know, really really driven coaches. That you know after a while, players just kind of kind of tune them out. Because it just yeah kind of just 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 grates on them, and that was that was um, 
very much well that was supposedly one of the one of the the, the, the case in, uh, the, in at Redfern wasn't it but mm. yeah just w- watching him there and, and seeing him try to you know kind of pour himself into it and yeah it's interesting because we we know what the results are we've seen the results kind of uh kind of you know of, of what's actually going in at that end as well, what we're seeing in the docker so it, you know, it's going to be curious to see how that how that plays out so yeah, yeah it's um yeah it yeah it, it it's one of those things that yeah if you if you're a warrior <laughs> why why go in it why would you want to go into coaching oh. honestly Oh, exactly. You must really want to. You must really want to worry. Yeah, mm. yeah. And just another point too about that. Um, a few, a few people have said, you know, it, yes, it's a good doco and all that, um, but it's about the wrong team. I mm. think if that if that doco was about a good team, it's not half as interesting. You know, I don't, I don't want to watch the roost a doco about the roosters. Almost three peat about how wonderful hmm. Cooper Cronk is and how wonderful the chemistry is. There's no, there's no drama in that. There's no texture to it, is there? Well, there might be, but compare it to the Tigers, it's just, it, you, you can't stop watching it, can you? I'm in complete agreement with that. I was actually, I actually had that that thought myself noted down here to to bring hmm. up. Losing teams or or even mediocre ones are, are almost always more interesting and. Yeah, oftentimes they are actually undercovered, unless they are a high-profile team and their yes, their struggles agree. kind of attract uh, attract the similar amount of attention as, as teams that uh, teams that win. I am I'm in complete agreement about that. Uh, the the yeah. one thing I did I did want to point out was um, every year the NFL um, does these types of uh, films for NFL films uh, for for each team, and it's always funny how. They somehow spin any kind of season as like a successful or redemptive kind of season for for that team. So you know they might have only won one game, but they will make that you know in the, in the course of that little film, they will make that one game out to be like they've you know they've done something historic or amazing. <laughs> and yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing face saving device that uh, that always kind of always kind of impresses me. And, and they've got such a style <laughs> with the, the particular music that they use, and you know, yeah. kind of the the visual tropes, and also kind of some of the sound bites. It's it's always the same thing, like you know, like you know that they were down and out, having lost twelve of their last fifteen games, but this last game of the season could redeem them, and you know, in, in the spirit of you know the uh, you know of the city and everything like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god! So you know, there, there's 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 certainly there's certainly a way to go, you know, there for uh for for West. But um, it's it's the power of the narrative, isn't it? It's the story being told, and yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, that's hmm. that's actually that style I've noticed over the years editing a lot of sports copy is how a lot of season previews are, are written. Actually, yeah. Yeah. that they they only won two games last year. But well, they were really inspiring well, stuff, we are, and we we are yeah. merchants of hope, James. <laughs> well, you got to. What else? What else is it? Why, why follow a football team if he's like you know? We just you know, we'll lose, you know. Or maybe my but my mate here uh, down in Canberra is a Raiders fan who uh, yeah. you were always impressed by because he had it. He had forensically figured out that the team was only going to win like eleven or twelve games every season. Oh, <laughs> back in the mediocre then, days. But that sort of um, person I I like thinking about because if they happened to go better than that, mm. um, he'd be miserable because he'd be wrong, you know, or 
uh, he went better because something happened somewhere to to tri- trip the system up. I, I love it. I love Isn't it the classic games. case of betting against your own team? Like you know, if you, if you uh, you know you're betting on your team to lose, so you always win. Yeah, if your team yeah, wins, great. Play. If your team loses, you win money. So, <laughs> well, you can't you can't go wrong there, can you? It's like buying a win, isn't it? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, very good. So any 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 other thoughts or you know we're we're still awaiting the second episode, I think, to come on air. Um, anything yeah, that you're looking you're looking forward to seeing? Uh, uh, on the show, or uh, yeah, kind of um, any thoughts on how uh, how things will play out? Um, just uh, how about a thought on a thought on uh, on in West or the the, or the Tigers uh, in general? The, the Tigers, the actual name? No, 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 no. Just the just how the the, the team, or you know, anything kind of uh, yeah, kind of floating into your uh, floating into your headspace. They, they just. They, I just feel sorry for their fans. <laughs> I, I really do. Like, mm. like that, and and I know I keep dragging on about um, development and things like that, but the west side of the of the mergers should have so much more going through it and so much more talent pumping mm. through, so that they don't have to go out and buy Tarmow and all these other outside backs that. Really haven't worked for them, yeah. Just it's it's and they're like they're like the dragons in that the the joint venture happened a long time ago. Shouldn't really just, be an excuse anymore, shouldn't it? No, no, that's right. And they still seem when you I know it's like when you watch them or when you hear about them or talk about them, they just seem to be two clubs still. Mm. It, it's it's almost as if it's never quite gelled, and and maybe that's because of um, my age group. Obviously, to to kids, they're the yeah. Tigers, they're the West Tigers. Yeah. They they'd never known um, life before before mm-hmm. the Tigers were, um, were, were, were you know were formed after the merger. But that's the thing that gets me. I, I just wish something would happen that made them appear at, at face value as if they're one club. One club pulling in the same direction, and I'm, and they probably are. It just isn't happening on the field because off the field, they they'd be right up there as far as um, business success goes, and yeah, all, all the finance stuff that I don't know anything about. But just on the field, they can never quite nail it, can they? The combinations of players that they bring in and mm-hmm. who they let go. Oh, that's the other thing too that I don't really like about Tiger bashing is out of all the clubs in the NRL. Um, journos like having a look at the players that they let yeah, go absolutely. the most. Yeah, and it just it grates Tigers fans, and it's annoying too from a from, from an outside perspective. Must be they're, they're good for a story. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. <laughs> There's never a dull moment with the Tigers, uh, and that's pr- probably why the doco was made on them. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a bit that's a bit in the in the in the in the west the western suburb side of their DNA. I can remember uh, one of my uh, uh, one of my uncles. Um, he, he yeah, he's he's from out Campbelltown Way, and uh, I can remember speaking with his uh, his mother at uh, at a family function, and mm. I, I've always it stuck in my head because I always regarded her as like the ideal footy fan, like because yeah, yeah. He, he was really passionate about the old magpies. Um, I think I think she had been won over slightly to to 
to the joint venture. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's certainly not any, n- n- yeah, n- not anywhere near the passion for the old black and white. But I can always, mm-hmm. always remember that, um, you know, because the subject came up of you know of of West uh, West's players who would leave the club for for greener pastures, kind of you know east and north, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I always thought it was when she when that topic came up. She was so she talked so graciously about it because she said yeah, it was a wonderful thing that it happened for for the, their players. Things like that happened because yeah, they were they were going on to better things. And I thought that is a that is an excellent football fan. That's a beautiful yeah. football fan. That's a James Smith type of football fan. That you know that that, that, that she loved her, you know the, you know the, her her players so much that they would go on you know, to, to better salaries and better opportunities huh. <laughs> at, other, at other clubs. There was no bitterness or resentment. And I was thinking, nah. geez, if we could only, if we could only have more of that, maybe, maybe yeah. the, you know, following the league wouldn't be as fun, but uh, it certainly, you know, you know, spoke to how good a human being she was. Yeah. No, that's a lovely story. Wow. Mm. Oh, gather magpies for her. <laughs> 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 Poor old magpies. Yeah. So, um, does that does that lead us into our uh, to our Twitter question uh, this week, James? Yeah, it does actually. It was um one one um that I've wanted to ask since we started talking about this Tigers doco. So, hmm. um, once again, oh, this is this is the second week it's uh been called honesty session. Um, hmm. couldn't couldn't oh, think sorry. of a name. Jeez. Got to get used to this hosting gig. Actually, using proper proper names for things. <laughs> the honesty session with uh, mid-season form. Yeah, we've lost seven in a row. Um, the captain's called us around to his place. Sent sent the wife and kids out. Beer and pizza. Going to have it, and we're just going to without the coach. We're just going to have a good old yarn about how we can do better. Socially distanced. <laughs> can you do an yeah. honesty session over Zoom now, James? <laughs> Well, they can do whatever they want up in their hub in, in Queensland. Yes, um, yeah, so I just wanted to know um, what uh, what people thought Fox League's next um, NRL doco should be about. Um, okay. Should you should you answer that question yourself first? Yeah, sure. Yeah. What would you? Um, yeah. Penrith cannot be the answer. No, 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 it's not. I uh, I have not mentioned them once in Good. forty-five minutes of recording. So yes, because you got knocked. Lee, for it. You, you got, you you got go. knocked. You got knocked for it last week, didn't you? I did. Yeah, Pommy Lee. There you go. Forty-five minutes. Um, I I don't know whether it's to come in the series in the West Tigers doco, but um, what fascinates me is the pre-game um, preparation of a stadium. Um, Mm. I've always always wanted to write about it. Actually, I want to write about from this is one of your pet fascinations from from minute one. So just say you got a, a three o'clock kickoff game on a Saturday afternoon. I want to I want to be there at um, eight thirty when the groundsman unlocks the the stadium gate and and then somebody else rocks up, um, starts painting the field. Ten minutes later, the food. And beverage people start loading things, and I, I'm obsessed with um, a day at the footy. It's I think it, I, I like going so much because they're such big events. Like you can sit back on on uh, you know watch it on TV and say, oh, what, what, what a crap crowd! Like what a miserable turnout. But when you, when you're there, they're, they're big events that lots of humans have have come to all at once. Like yeah. Um, I'd I'd love to write a story about that, or, or have somebody else write 
and go really deep inside or make a doco about it, seeing as they were talking about it, of just how how a day at the footy works. That that'd be fascinating, and then that could branch off into other things like, you know, the 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 bloke or the woman or the woman who washes the jerseys each week. You could mm. go right deep into the nitty gritty of of jersey um, washing. <laughs> Where does that work? Do they just throw them in. I throw them in a bag, and it goes to the dry cleaners. Or is there some old bloke called Nev who's sixty five and he's been he washed. Wayne Pierce's jersey, that that sort of person. You'd hope that somebody like that exists uh, at every club, but it's probably they just throw them in a Lawrence dry cleaning bag and and somebody comes and picks them up. But that's what I'd do. I thought they cleaned it themselves. (laughs) They should do. They should clean the stadium themselves after a loss. Pay for their own boots. (laughs) What about yourself? What what would your answer to this be? Well, to keep keep on track, I mean – what, what this called to mind was um, I can remember uh, um, one of the uh, the local uh, local guys who worked on on the the Australian Australian New Zealand version of ESPN kind of oh, yeah. uh, threw out on Twitter um, a few years ago. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure you're probably familiar with ESPN's wonderful kind of doco series Thirty for Thirty, yeah. and they asked you know kind of what would be uh, kind of the, the Australian 30 for 30 subject uh, that you put out there. And I thought it got a lot of good um, responses. It, it kind of made me, you know, it kind of made me think too, um, you know, uh, the, yeah, um, j- just for those out there who are curious, yeah, uh, the, the, I think the most common response that came back was either World Series cricket or uh, America's Cup. No, those are kind of the, the two most common ones. You, you know, the one, and I think I've actually told you this before, I, I think the most, you know, kind of, fascinating story of the period that uh, that we were working on uh, inside sport the, the the era that we worked on inside sport i truly honestly believe the most interesting sports story that you know, came through that uh that time strictly a sports story uh and you know, like i said staying on theme was was south's winning in 2014 i, I think mm-hmm. you know, it was um you know when you kind of look at that that arc from you know being the casualty of, of of Super League, effectively, you know, getting kicked out of the competition, you know, aside almost synonymous <laughs> with with rugby league in Australia, like going right back to the the roots of a uh, of the sport, you know, kind of in the in the early part of the the twentieth century, uh, and then to kind of be saved by one of its kind of most uh, loyal servants, and you know, kind of you know the passion that engendered. And then to kind of begin this this inexorable climb after having not you know been kind of a premiership factor for for a few decades you know, after the time that it was kind of a, a top contender through every time and then to be put over the top by you know, a combination of personalities that include you know um, you know a legit Hollywood movie star uh, you know a kind of a, a, one of the the game's real iconic players that period you know kind of uh you know kind of a big bruising englishman who you know kind of played a grand final with a broken face you know these are just it's just yeah it has all the dimensions kind of uh, of an epic i I think it would be you know easy to carve like like the beats almost you know uh, yeah kind of tell them kind of beats almost write themselves you know for Mm. uh for kind of a very uh yeah, heroic tale 
Um, and, yeah. And seven years on, I'm beginning to appreciate kind of the dimensions of how, of how great that, uh, that victory was. Because I, and I guess the coda to it all, the funny thing is, I remember kind of in, in the, in the week following that, that victory in the grand final, everyone was saying, you know, look out for Souths. Cause you know, they've got all this money behind them now. They've got all this goodwill. The fans just absolutely, you know, adore them. And yeah, they, they were going to be the next powerhouse of the league. And they're, they're a good side. There's no, there's no doubt about that. You know, kind of where they're sitting on the ladder, they certainly haven't fallen out to irrelevance. But it's interesting how, you know, kind of all these B expectations that we build up after, you know, great breakthroughs like that. You know, kind of how they, how things work out in the aftermath. So to me, that I think, you know, uh, any kind of, you know, oh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot, you know, so there's, a, there's a Souths fan out there who's a, who's a filmmaker. So you know, there, you yeah. go, there you go. I'm pretty sure, you know, that, that idea has probably occurred to you, but, uh, you know, just, um, there's kind of, uh, there's kind of a tip if you want to you know, go chase that. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, isn't there that narrative too of George Piggins getting voted out of the club or kicked out of the club yeah. eventually, and he didn't talk to anyone at the club until the lead up to that grand final, and yeah. or something like that. I apologise if I'm wrong, but mm. I just have this image in my brain of everything being all right um, by the by the time that the grand final rolled around. And mm. yeah, they're, they're, that that's. They're lovely stories. Those um, thirty for thirty yarns. They, they all, they all, they all go to a formula. They start off ragtag bunch of bunch of athletes or, or an athlete, and they get mm. some success, and then they turn bad, and then they go out of the game for a while, and then somebody says, "You're crazy. What are you doing with your career?" And then they say, "Yeah, radio." And then they win the Super Bowl, and, and you know it's coming. And then President, they talk to them. Pres- President Homer yeah. wins Super Bowl. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> we can't. This wouldn't be a, a James Jeff interaction without a Simpsons reference somewhere. The president. That's great. Um, but yeah, you know, like you you know, the good part is coming at the end because mm. you know who wants to have a sports story that ends in 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 misery. And then there's that flashback. Sorry, that flash forward to um, the present day interview, and they're all old and and. I, I I love how they do it. It just draws me in every time. It doesn't really matter what it's about. What's the sport? It's, yeah, yeah. That that's it's it's the um the hallmark version of sport. Like they have their they have their um narrative. I was reading in the New Yorker once to get a bit hoity toity. Um, hallmark and uh, all those other companies have a formula where there's eight stages to a hallmark movie, <laughs> and seventh the seventh of the eight stages is the almost breakup. And then in the last eighth of the movie, they get back together. And you go. I'm going to watch this. And uh, up at the mother-in-law's place over Christmas and dead set, they just churn them out and they're all the same. So <laughs> they drag you in. <laughs> uh, very good. So should I? Um, yes, onto get, the get to Okay, so some of the readers' um, contributions to our honesty session. Um, so, what, uh, sorry, call it. Yeah, oh, sorry, if you can restate the question. Okay, uh, what um, what should Fox League's next NRL doco be about? Um, <laughs> and uh, T Mac kicks off. Um, he wants a doco about, or he or she wants a doco about the NRL media and its slow decline. So that, that's a nice, <laughs> just a 
nice, lovely, positive start for us. Thanks, T-Mac. Um, Carsten Broom, um, the world-famous Carsten Broom, um, wants a series about the Super League war. It just has never it's happened. Yeah. We've got um, Rugby League Digest, um, magnificent podcast series about it, but TV want to be good too, yeah, um, and to be and to behind the scenes look um, at the life of referees as well. That'd be good. Mm. You know, must be must be lovely being sworn at and hated on week in week out. How do you handle that? Um, mm. Yeah, uh, that big ref also wants to um, see a doco about the Super League war, um, and also Ben Alexander um, uh, to tie it in um, with an NRL led. A road safety campaign that'd be pretty good. Um, I, I think we might have seen something like that um, a few years ago. Yeah, with Freddie and and Brandy. Um, uh, also, one on previous World Cups and kangaroo tours. Um, that's good. Doco fodder there. Oh yeah, I yeah, I, like, I take back everything like, I said about Souths. I want a doco <laughs> about you know you know you know me, James. You know where I'm, what I'm about to say. I know exactly, exactly what you because this say. is my this is this is this is my deepest fascination about rugby league. And that is the demolition derby that they yeah. used to have on the kangaroo tours. That that blows my mind. Now you see the thing is, I think you'd have to have footage of it. Like yeah. these days, if they did that, they'd have they just put it on their cell phones. So yeah. oh, sorry, their mo- their mobiles. Wrong yeah. country. Uh, yeah. Um, when you when you told me about that, I, I was gobsmacked. I said, like, "That's not real. <laughs> Come on, that's just one of those things they made up to sell rugby league." I can't remember where of- I where I read it. It was in one of those. Pictorial essay mm. books that I've got. Yeah. You showed me the pictures. pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roy Simmons with a helmet on. <laughs> oh god. Uh, yeah, yeah that, 30, thirty for thirty has a short series, like like yeah, you know, like only like some some only like ten, maybe even just ten minutes long. A ten minute short about yeah you know, the history of the demolition you know, of the of the kangaroo tour demolition derby. Uh, it would just be a winner. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, that is just that's just classic rugby league to me. I should try and get hold of Wally, shouldn't I? Yes. Just put the feelers out, yeah. Let's let's Wally. talk to Wally. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. We, we're going to do, yeah, yeah, an end of season thing for yeah, just to to get Wally to talk to us about about the demolition derby. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I need to hang up. So good. <laughs> I thought yeah. everyone forgot about that. Um, <laughs> um, and oh, that big ref also wants to um, see a doco about the. Uh, the, the current um, NRL bubble in Queensland, show mm. how each club deals with it and the road to the finals. Um, and also he wants one on uh, the, the Magpies 95 to 99, um, Tommy and his young battlers. So there's some awesome ideas there. Mm-hmm. Um, just listen to this podcast you, for your um, NRL doco ideas. One fuck all should be an investigative Peace linking the current state of international rugby league with a lack of rep team captains who have bum chins. So we're <laughs> so we're, we're really we're really going highbrow here. We're going to be a really long doc on that one. <laughs> how many he, he says? Uh, how many international rugby league matches since Smith and Cordner um, have been played uh, since they retired from rep footy? Uh, and the answer is zero. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jay Dwight, um, he wants a history of rugby league conspiracy theories covering the league's bias towards um, St. George, Souths, Manly, Roosters, Brisbane, Melbourne, Penrith, etc. 
Um, How many clubs is that? That's like basically half the league. <laughs> yeah, he's got a bit of a everyone except Newtown by the sounds of it. Yes, <laughs> um, and then he asks, "Why well, did the league? Why did the was league there an actual conspiracy? Teams? Was there an actual conspiracy against Newtown? They are no longer part of the competition." Um, yeah, oh, you know, there was massive like campaigns and and fights to get them back in. They, mm. oh gosh, we need a Newtown Jets. Um, expert historians to come on this show and mm-hmm. know exactly who we can get. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and, and he wants to know, what, why did the league choose those teams? Uh, when and why did they swap teams as well? Um, that's one of, another one of my fascinations. Um, fans fans um, belief that leagues have favourite teams. Favourite teams, yep. Yeah. And and. It all, it just so happens to be your team that the league hates year in year out. <laughs> what do you? What a lovely place that had been inside someone's head. Like that, that things like that. It's everyone else's fault except ours. There, there that is. Uh, I mean, there, there's always the the large market kind of bias. Like you know that there is there is something to that. Yeah, that's like, cool you know, though. Like that's we always. Cool. You know, you know, I mean, is it a conspiracy if it's not secret? Like, it's pretty well known that Brisbane gets, you know, prime time slots, you know, kind of throughout the season because they deliver the biggest ratings. That's not really, that's not really a conspiracy per se. It's all out in the open. Yeah, yeah. But it just- It's, it's a huge, it's a, it's a massive advantage to them that, you know- de- I mean, Definitely. You, know, you can resent yeah. them for it. I'm pretty sure a lot of people, a lot of a lot of fans of posing clubs do. I think maybe the NRL um, slash Roosters, that's conspiracy, isn't it? Because <laughs> that's <just> – you went quiet there for a sec. Um, Dan uh, at The Sportress says, um, a multi-part doco about teams whose windows have closed without them winning. I like this. I'm thinking late 80s Balmain, 90s Dragons, and early 2000s Eels. Um, 1920 uh, Raiders. That wouldn't be fun for people like me um, or, or you, Karate, Karate Warrior, he means. Mm-hmm. But I uh, reckon it would be compelling viewing. It so would. Like, especially, I've mentioned before that these docos don't end um, in tragedy, but that that game where you realise we're, we're, like, we're gone here, that we lost the grand final, we're losing these five or six legends, they're all retired, it must be just devastating, mm-hmm. I reckon. Yeah. Um, uh, JTTU victory hand. Uh, I don't know what that means. Probably <laughs> probably shouldn't have read it out like that. Um, <laughs> uh, though, uh, following a few rookies might be interesting. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So. Like, like there was a few years ago. I think there was a, a game show, a footy game show called The Rookie. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I, I'd be interested. Yeah. yeah. Now, that was a bit different. That was more like a game show, like, you know, yeah, was, kind of a, re- a reality show. Yeah, yeah reality be, show. Yeah. I'd be interested in following guys before they get to the NRL. Like that, yeah, you know, I've been, right. yeah, I've been watching a couple of things on Netflix of uh, kind of 
high school football players in in the US and it kind of is um yeah kind of interesting to see the culture kind of around them particularly when they're they're from different places like I'd yeah. be curious to see uh, like something similar in uh, in league and you follow like a country kid a guy from the a guy from the city you know kind of someone from uh you know uh, an islander background or uh, so yeah you you'd have you know there's so much diversity i think in uh in the uh in the player base yeah, these days that you know you could you know to, to kind of track their their varying paths and uh you know i i think it's still a bit mystified what uh what you know kind of the, the player pathway uh to to the nrl because you don't with the the few exceptions like you know certain young guys certain very young guys getting to the to the league this season um yeah it uh i'm curious to see kind of what it is when you see um how it is for for a player coming up, and also guys who've got big big raps on them. You know, you, you mentioned Latrella at the top of the show. I think I've I think I mentioned his name to you for the first time. Like I said, this guy, there's a guy in in juniors who's named Latrell. <laughs> I was really excited because hey, <laughs> our next great rugby league player is going to be named Latrell. This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and he can play footy too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah there, no, there, were, there were raps on him you know, when he was like 16, 17, and like, you know, look yeah. what he's become. So yeah, <sighs> it's curious to see, like, yeah, how can you, how much, how can you, can you project league talent at, at that early an age? You know, I mean, I, I know that uh, to some degree, a lot of it has to do with um, how they grow, how, how, the, how, the, how, the, how the guys grow physically. As, yeah, that's um, it. Yeah. And you're seeing, you're seeing that now with um, Sam Walker, um, yeah. the Roosters, you know, good player, but how, how quick is he going to grow? In the next couple of years, he'll, he'll, um, he'll fill out really well. Um, and, and also uh, an idea would be um, following around the oldest players as well, like you could have a duck hole about, um, this is Victory Hands' uh, suggestion as well, you could have a duck hole on, um, the last career uh, of a player, like someone like James Graham, like followed mm. him around and, and his last game, it happens to be the Super League Grand Final. Was that his last game? Yeah. Played in front of no crowd. It, just a, just a, um, some really good um, scenes there, uh, you'd imagine, for a doco. Um, Stu McLennan, Disco Stu. Disco Stu. Disco. Oh, sorry, you call it? No, Disco uh, McLennan now. It must be a, a, a different account name. Sorry, Stu, if we fell, fell off the wagon there. Um, he would love to see the cameras follow a couple of NRL match officials, say Match Chechen and um, Belinda Sharp, uh, mm-hmm. preparation, physical and mental, uh, dealing with pressure and criticism and how they escape the madhouse. Uh, ben Ross um, says uh, it might be boring to some, but a 10-part series similar to the last dance, yeah, uh, yeah, on on Wayne Bennett's coaching career, mm-hmm. uh, call it checkmate. Uh, there, there would certainly be some stories to tell. The critic, the critical Point. thing to, to making that a success, though, is that you'd have to get Wayne to speak more than five words over the ten parts. <laughs> yeah, and you'd, you'd have to. You'd actually need to get him to talk as much as Michael Jordan did in that in that in that last dance. But you know, having Wayne like speak just like five words each episode, so for a grand total of fifty words. The entire uh, the entire deal is yeah, it's just not going to work. <laughs> no, no, it can't be done by a journo that he hates. It just has to be a, a mate or something. <laughs> uh, Tropical Cyclone Rabati says, um, "Why weren't the he wants a doco or she wants a doco? 
um, on why weren't the Tigers given a differential penalty in the 2010 qualifying final? <laughs> that, that'd be awesome. You could go to a fan who's still bitter and twisted about it, um, <laughs> like that brother out of the wedding singer <laughs> in his dungeon and just and that's destroyed his life, that one game that nobody else cares about. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, North Sydney Bears fans um, know what I'm talking about. Apparently there was a game towards the end of the year in 91 that some, I don't know, I don't know whether it was Daryl Halligan's fault or the ref's fault, but they should have been in the grand final, not, not Penrith. Um, anyway, sorry, I'll, I'll keep going. <laughs> Finally, JD, <laughs> JD says, depending on the injury, maybe uh, doing one on a player through their rehab process, say over three or six months, if they're okay with it. Um, and uh, he says, um, in all honesty, I'd love to see the NRL uh, do what the NFL does with hard knocks, yeah, over same. each preseason. Same thing, yes, yeah. Um, so some great answers there. Thanks very much, everyone, for responding. Mm-hmm. Terrific. It's a best best segment of the week by far, isn't it? Yes, it. yes, indeed. Sorry, last segment, James. Um, anything uh, we've forgotten? Anything uh, that uh, is uh, is worthy uh, of mention? Uh, heading into heading into this weekend, or looking back on the on the last one? Just um, coming up, there's a really interesting matchup that um, oh yes, I'm always is. fascinated with. Yeah, it's a Manly Storm game, um, and you you and I were talking before we press record. Um, it's one of those regular season matches that stays in the memory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of those non-finals or grand finals that that people still talk about um, was was that Battle of Brookvale back in 11, 2011 and um, whatever whatever part you remember about it, whether it was a sideline brawl or you know ganging up on this player or he did that to me, so they retaliated, and it's just a fantastic um, rivalry that has never burnt out hmm. and, and one one that sort of ignited between two rivals that you'd never really sort of expected, Manly and Melbourne. Like mm-hmm. I, know, I know they're unliked by a lot of people, both of them, but you never really expected them to be tied by such a great rivalry like this. So mm. yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the next chapter has for us mm. up in Queensland. Mm. Yeah, what it, about you? It was definitely one of those things that, that was, it was made by – Kind of, uh, kind of mutual success on the field, like you know, yeah, the, true. The, yep. the, 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 the back-to-back finals, uh, grand back-to-back grand finals in 07 and 08. Uh, hard edge, kind of to to both both teams as well. Kind of you know, um, mm. like a real kind of yeah, kind of tough mentality to to both yep. sides as as you as you find in the, in particularly good sides and. Yeah, kind of, uh, kind of, uh, kind of, uh, kind of spilt out, spilt over, kind of uh, on that day. I-, I enjoyed kind of like trying to uh, go, taking a look back at it, reminding yourself who is who is in the in the uh, in those sides that day. Uh, yeah, it's been yeah, it's been ten years, and that was kind of that was the thing that kind of um, kind of resonated with me. Geez, has it, has it really been that long? And then to understand how mu- how much. Yeah, how much a team should turn over in ten years? I mean, it. Uh, yeah. It. Uh, yeah, and, and to think that you had kind of, I, I think it's very high in the mind because you know because those those Melbourne players really do define an era. But by the rights, like Manly had an era there too with uh, you know with yeah, the Stewarts, you know, Jeremy Lyon, uh, Matai. Yeah, they had um, 
had a really good side. It, had, it was a side of a, a lot of pieces that uh, that fit together very, very functionally Definitely. too. It wasn't you know just uh, just kind of. Uh, you know, line up thirteen rep uh, rep level guys and just you know, you know bowl them over. It was it was uh, it was an honest to goodness side to yeah, and to be kind of yeah reminded of that. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't have a very good memory of that uh, of, of the game in particular. Uh, must be said, but um, yeah. but yeah, the team no was uh, yeah um, uh, quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of clarity there. And, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. Like what do you what were you what do you particularly remember from uh, from not the game or the you know the kind of the the kind of the talking points that emerged out of uh, out of that uh, that conflagration as it were? I think it was um was it Brett Stewart and Adam Blair? I think he was saying Glenn, just deciding Glenn. it was Glenn and Glenn Stewart. Yeah. Sorry, not Brett Stewart. Glenn Stewart both getting binned, just deciding to have a fight as they were on their way to. The- <laughs> to the sin bin. I just kind of loved that because even though they're about to punch each other up, there's still that camaraderie there between them. <laughs> like, I think just the, the, I don't think they even spoke to each other. They just looked at each other and it was kind of them's fighting words type thing. It was, they knew what each other wanted. So they, so they went for it. I, I love that moment. I think it's great. It's a it's a great great human moment. <laughs> that's one that's oh, one way gosh. to describe it. <laughs> well, we're what about you? What, what what's on the agenda for? What are you looking forward to this weekend? Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Olympics ending. I guess is <laughs> we probably probably yeah. hit that point where you know it kind of gets a bit long on the tooth, and I you know when I get back to when I get back to my regular sports uh, sports diet, but. Um, yeah, it. Uh, you know, I like that. I like that too. You having having just described that, I, I'm I'm I'm, hope, I'm hoping they mark the occasion when you know when yeah, the, the the Sea Eagles and the and the Storm play again this weekend. Maybe they can mark it with uh, with some kind of observance. It needs a name. It needs a name. <laughs> I don't want to bring up the BKG again, but uh, yeah, there was a there was a noted match. I think. No, I'm not gonna even talk about it. There, they they came up with a name for it, the line in the sand game. They need a, they need. Some, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They need something. Uh, they need something like that for. Uh, That's for this. That that would kind of yeah, kind of etch it into the memory, and then they they can make the uh, they can make the, uh, the the Fox League doco about it. <laughs> just, just to put a bow on that. Wipe out all our good ideas. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, thanks again, Very James, uh, for this week. No worries. Um, yeah, oh, that was uh, fun again. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, um, go well. Go watch. Uh, go watch a, uh, watch a lot of football. Don't let uh, lockdown drag you down any more than it already has. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll speak to you again next week. All righty.